Welcome to Dead Folks Tales, a New Orleans-centric podcast exploring Southern Gothic stories, history, and hauntings with your host, paranormal and fantasy author, Nola Nash. Find out more at nolanash.com. Now, let's talk about dead people. And oh my goodness, are we going to talk about some dead people today? I'm so excited to once again welcome to the show Laura Kemp, who is a great friend of mine and who had such a great story for us the last time she was on Dead Folks Tales that we decided to do a special event for her to actually go down to the cemetery and check it out. She's going to tell you guys the story. Um, we have her daughter, Anna, who's here with us running the widescreen cam there for us. That's fantastic. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for the thumbs up. And we also have David from New Orleans Ghost Hunters, who is here offering expertise, advice, and just, I don't know, maybe some color commentary, David. <laughs> just jump in on anything you want to contribute. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, feel free to leave your comments in the comment section. We will continue to watch those and um, try to address anything that we can as we go. Um, so for the next, oh, I guess about 20, 25 minutes, we're going to be hanging out with Laura and Anna and David. And Laura, we are at Ashton's Anderson Cemetery. And who? <laughs> Ashton, Anna's, boy, Anna's boyfriend. Hey, He's providing the muscle. In case awesome. Well, we've got Laura's family <laughs> helping out down here. So, Laura, we're at Anderson Cemetery. Is that correct? Yes, we're at Anderson Cemetery in Decatur, Michigan. Kind of um, closer to Marsalis than Decatur. And this is the cemetery where Esther and Charles Morris are buried. And they were murdered actually 142 years ago today. Just on the other side of this tree line um, is where their house stood. You can, there's a field. It's pitch black, but um, that's where they're house got, Let's see. I have a picture of the house. So hang on. Let's, mm -hmm. let's give people a, a visual here. So this was their house yes. um, as it stood many, many years ago. And that house, um, am I correct, Laura, that it was, it stood until the 1960s? The 1960s, yes. It stood until they believe an arsonist burned it down. Oh. Um, but it used to be kind of a local... Um, attraction for the kids you know the kids would come and they would climb that windmill and they would sneak into the murder house I, I heard from a man in the area that they even took school trips to the school really? which was kind of odd and um, there's a legend that that big tree I don't know that in the front it's a locust tree that the, the yeah, bullets that as I tell you the story that um, killed Mrs. Morris uh, went through the dining room window and lodged in that tree that was the legend and the wow. man who showed me where this house was actually cut that tree down when the house burned. I don't know if you can even see me. I wish I had a little more light. Um, we can see you a little that, bit. <laughs> he said, <laughs> yeah, put your flashlight under your chin like I mean, they do when they're telling ghost stories at camp. <laughs> maybe that's what Ashton could do. Turn the flashlight on his, uh, on his phone and shine a little light on me. Um, there you go. Put him to work. That, when he cut down that tree, he said he did see what appeared to be bullet holes in that oh there i am there can you see me a little bit now? yeah <laughs> i'm my whole crew here um what <laughs> appeared to be bullet holes in that tree so yeah that's pretty awesome now the story um is very sad i mean it, it's just it's yes. sad the more you hear about it so i can see why there would be legends that would spring up about 
you know, the haunting of the cemetery where they're buried, just simply from the the horrible way that they died and just, just the sad, sad, especially Esther, because they found out something about Esther after she died that made it even more sad. They did. Go ahead and um, tell them about that. Well, I can... Sorry, the, there are cars going by, and we're always wondering if they're going to stop and say hello to us. But um, <laughs> They're welcome on the show. So they did discover later on that Esther was pregnant at the time of her death. And then even kind of on a sadder note, her and her husband had, and we just, we just saw the writing on the side of the tombstone, had had a child in March mm-hmm. of the year before. And the child, Frankie was his name, died in September so he was only six months old. They lost a six-month-old. Then she became pregnant again a little bit later. And she was murdered while she was mm. pregnant. That's so, so sad. Oh, awful. But what happened, I can tell you a little bit about the murder itself. Um, they went to bed, Mr. and Mrs. Morris, about 9 o'clock at night. There was a hired girl sleeping upstairs right directly above their bedroom. And at about nine o'clock at night, there was a knock on the door. Mr. Morris went to answer the door and was shot right where he stood. And he had a revolver that he usually carried with him. And for some reason, he left it on the bedside table when he went to answer the door. So he think is when they found it, it was just, it was on the floor, meaning that they think she saw who had killed her husband and then dropped the gun because mm. she was afraid. The murderer came into the house, chased her through the house, and was firing at her. One of these bullets hit the tree that we were talking about earlier out through the dining room window, hit her in her left arm, and broke it. And then mm. they cornered her in a back closet, and then shot her twice and killed her. And the hired girl, who said she was a light sleeper, um, and had the window open, I think, even that night, never mm. heard a thing. Supposedly, something the about that. Yeah, it, it doesn't sit right with me. Does it sit right with you? No, no, because I always imagine that she, their suspicion fell on a hired man that had been fired a few months before for like drunkenness. Mm-hmm. And my my theory was always that her and this hired man were kind of in cahoots. Although no jewelry was stolen, no money was taken. I almost feel like it was a personal. Because then the killer, they think he brought his own saddle mm-hmm. and his own bridle and took off on Charles' fastest horse. So he knew exactly which horse to go for and mm-hmm. took off for South Bend, Indiana, which is 30 miles away. And somebody saw him riding in the dark and or saw the murderer, but could, said they were wearing like a mask and a funny hat. And he kind of just rode away into oblivion. Nobody or she could have been a female killer. We were just talking yeah. about that. Um, nobody ever... There was no 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 sign of the murder ever again, though there was suspicion fell on this hired man. And mm-hmm. then when they started looking at him, then they um, he pointed the finger at somebody else and that actually arrested this other person. And a lynch mob came and took him out of the jail, took him into the woods right where we're standing and tortured him for like hours and hours and hours. And wow. I think they tried to like, string him up because he had like neck damage for the rest of it. He did get away and he lived, but he had damage to his like body for the rest of his life. It's really, wow. and he's the rest of his life. He swore he had nothing to do with this murder. And meanwhile, the hired girl and this handyman kind of just vanished. 
like, where did they go? They just kind of vanished. And I'm like, what do you mean they yeah. vanished? How did they not ever... investigate them a little further? That That's the one part of it that I I've, as, a, as an author, I'm going, there's a plot hole. <laughs> Major plot hole, you're right. And the Pinkerton Agency even came in and kind of, um, yeah, tried to investigate. So yeah, there are cars going by. I'm always wondering if they're wondering what we're doing. <laughs> Maybe they know. It's a little wrecky out here is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so David, you've heard stuff. this story. What do you think about, I mean, is this, does this sound like Life something story. that might result in activity? Is that the type of story that, that lends itself to, you know, some sort of aftermath? Yeah, it's a, it's a good possibility. Anything is possible, you know. It's it's hard to judge anything just off of a story. Have you ever seen things like, I mean, have you ever been called out to investigate things? Like in this case, the tombstones are supposed to glow on this particular night. Is that something that, that you would be called out to investigate? Or is this something, or do you tend to deal more with buildings and other types of sites? We, we we investigate every everything. Just we just investigate, you know, uh, anomalous ac activity. Now you're from New Orleans, and you know about Metairie Cemetery. Oh yes. <laughs> and uh, there's actually the the grave of uh, or the tomb of Josie Arlington, which is mm -hmm. believed to glow. Her head is, is believed to glow red. Mm -hmm. And I was just out there a couple of months ago taking a look at it, and uh, I want to go out there and investigate it. Um, you know. Um, one of the theories why it glows red, we kind of debunked that, but there might be a, another logical explanation. If you find out anything, Josie Arlington and, and her tomb, um, I, Josie Arlington is just such an interesting story on her own. Just her life was interesting. And then following up with her death and the, the, the legend of her tombstone, I would love if you'd go out and investigate that for you to come back on the show and tell me what you find out. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've, actually wanting to I've been wanting to investigate it for a while now, ever since I read years ago that supposedly her head glows red or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've been to Metairie Cemetery. I know where the tomb is at. I don't believe she's buried there anymore. I, I believe they sold the tomb. They did. They and did. now somebody else is there. But mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the theories is that it's from the traffic signal at the corner. Well, I can tell you there's no line of sight to that traffic light. So you can mm -hmm. rule out the traffic light. But there is another plausible explanation that we think. So we're going to go out there one night and check it out. And in fact, uh, not at nighttime. You don't lie at nighttime. It's in the daytime. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was looking at some drones. Because I want to do some aerial footage using a drone, so that's kind of where we're, where we're going with. We just want to kind of get you know a, a different a different look at it from a different angle. That would be interesting too. Now, would they let you fly the drone over the cemetery at night? I know you, they lock the gates. Um, would they let you in with the drone? Well, you can't go to cemetery at night. They they lock the gates, but we don't go places where uh, you know when it's closed. We always mm -hmm. go. You know, we're very lawful. We we don't trespass. So if we go, it's going to be in the daytime when it's open to the public, and that's when we'll do our investigation. Uh, because the last thing we want to do is get in trouble because it's going to really, you know, tarnish our reputation. So we always do things legally. We never trespass. We never go any place that we're not invited. You know, so that that's you know my uh, my viewpoint on that. I like uh -oh, it. So Laura, now, right now that is we're here in the dark. <laughs> well, you're there in the dark, but I mean, Metairie Cemetery is, is literally fenced in and, and locked, padlock oh, yeah. chained and all of no, that. This so has, this has is it open like where that. you are, Laura? Just walk in. I'm sorry. Just walk in. Can you just walk into where yep, you are? There's in. no fence or anything? Yep. 
There's a gate, but you just walk around it. There's oh. nothing that surrounds the cemetery. So. It's like a gate with no fence. <laughs> it's a gate that only goes so far, and then you just walk around the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So because okay. um, the front is always locked, I think, or mm-hmm. at least the appearance of it. But, yeah, you just walk around it. And uh, there's a path. They're not real works. concerned about security there, then. <laughs> no, no. And I've heard other people have come out here to, to see if this uh, this uh, myth is true or not. So, but so I certainly you the- yeah. Go ahead. We're the only ones out here. But one of Are my you? readers on, on Kemp Camp said that she came out here with some friends, too, on the 28th of September and, you know, didn't see anything. But they had done the same thing that we did a few years ago. So I had asked her ahead of time, you know, can you are there usually people out there? And she said no. She was well, that alone was my too. question for you. I don't know if that's, that's good or bad. This is a little spookier. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've got the kids with you. Your teenagers are with you, which is great. So safety first. There, we always want to be safe doing my any Taekwondo kind of. That's true. Well, so. We've got you know. Abroad, right? That's right. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna put Anna um, full screen here for just a second on her camera because I want to okay. kind of let everybody really get to see the tombstones. We had them down in the corner, but. I want you to be able to to really see, and they are buried there together. And it's a single tombstone with the two pillars. Is that correct? Yeah, both of them. Single. Is there any way you can get any closer to that? So you can. I wonder if I can turn mine on too. Yes, it's a single. They're both buried there along with their six-month-old child. Is also Aww. here, and then of course, the child that she was carrying. So, mm-hmm. four, four people here, and people leave things. It looks like somebody left um. Um, some flowers. These are sunflowers. Oh, look how and cute. And they withered. I left a little something. Oh, uh, what did you bring them? Um, can you show me, Anna? My yellow leaf magnet. Oh, your magnet. Mm-hmm. I feel now, a real special, like, connection to, to Esther for some reason, just because her story is so sad and mm-hmm. justice was never really served, so... I feel a strong connection to her and I wanted to bring her something. I think that is so personal too. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Laura's first book is evening in the yellow wood and the the yellow leaves on the cover and um, the the yellow leaves are kind of Laura's, her thing that goes with her, her symbol for that book series. So that is a really special thing for you to have left is the yellow leaf magnet there for them. And David knows this because he's from South Louisiana. We know about, you know, lots of folks will leave, will leave things at at grave sites. I mean, that's something that is fairly common, commonly done, especially, you know, if you take the tour of St. Louis Cemetery um, behind the French Quarter, lots of things are left on, on the grave. So that's, that's a really, it's a special quarters here too. And pine cones. I don't know if Anna can get a picture of what else has been left here. Some coins. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's kind of common, quite common. to leave coins. Yeah, and some why do you clothes. think it's they like leave this... coins, David? Is there something? Um, do you know the story behind the coins? Is that <laughs> I mean, I know the whole thing back in ancient Rome and all that was to pay the, the you know to, to pay passage across the river Styx. But is that something? Is there a more modern interpretation of coins? That's that's basically what I heard. You know, so you know just as much about it as I do. Okay, look at me go. I know some stuff. <laughs> You do. <laughs> Plethora of knowledge. When it comes to cemeteries, they're kind of my thing. <laughs> they're, they're my jam. I love cemeteries. You know, I don't even feel scared out here. I've always felt kind of peaceful in cemeteries. So I do too. I, I always thought that too. I enjoy being in them. Yeah. I've never really, like, when people say that we're going to go to a cemetery at night, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> Sounds scare me, me like other places, but yeah, I know I'm in. I love the stories that cemeteries tell, and and, and this particular cemetery here is is no different. I mean, it has such a story. Even you know, mm -hmm. this one tomb itself has got such a special story for the town, and a sad one at that. But you know, there are stories on on every headstone if you really mm -hmm. take the time to. We were look. looking around, yeah. Before yeah, we the came, connections of the some people. of the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the stories that they tell. And then this is yeah. one, if you didn't know, I mean, there's not a lot of information about this particular tombstone. If you didn't know who the people were who were buried there, you wouldn't other you would feel sad about oh, the, yeah. the baby on the other side. Rubbed, rubbed yeah. So there's, mm -hmm. You can't read the writing anymore. It's completely rubbed, rubbed off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you would have no idea what had happened here unless you researched it and knew the local history. So I keep wondering, how, how am I showing up in that? But that's Anna's. <laughs> you are showing it, but I, we can see you for a second there. Yeah, we can see you. Yeah, but um, yeah, you can't really read anything here. But it is, it's underneath a big, beautiful pine tree. Um, it's a beautiful well, it, spot here in the cemetery. Yeah, at least but, they yeah. have that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we want them to have a beautiful resting place if they had such a traumatic yeah. end. We mm -hmm. want them to have a beautiful place. Look at Anna go with the camera work, y'all. She's doing a great Anna. job. Shout Anna. out to Anna. Wanna be movie, movie, we want you guys do produce movies? Is that a frog? Is that yeah. a frog, Anna? Oh, look. It's a, a little, little green frog. frog. Oh, look. Well, the headstones may not glow necessarily, but we've got company. And look, a ladybug. A green glow, a green glow from a frog. <laughs> Maybe that's what Maybe it is. if we turned all the lights off, but. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we, we need to see for a moment. We need to see, we see if they for a will. Moment. Yeah, let, let's 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 go turn the lights off for a second, second and see what happens. And see what happens. I'm gonna put Anna full screen here so we can see if anything happens. Now I've got lots of lights on me from the the setup here, but and you guys can tell better. What do you think? Anything at all? Not from what I can see. It's I wonder if dark. we have to wait until nine o'clock when they actually. Die. What time was it that they? It was nine or nine thirty that they answered the and, door. Nine and nine thirty. They say the knock came at nine o'clock. That's what they knock speculate. Came at nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. It's so it spooky out there. It was. I can see. Oh. I was looking there. I, something was. There was a little dot, but I think I might be seeing a reflection. Oh, of it's something. it's it is a glowing tombstone, but it's. I think it's something that family members put on it it's like a glow stick <laughs> oh a glow stick on the oh look at that yeah yeah it's going green and then it's going red but it's <laughs> it's, it's electric we, we it's an electric an electric glowing tombstone okay so that one doesn't count <laughs> that one doesn't well, you know that that's that's kind of interesting because uh there's a local cemetery that supposedly there was lights that glow in a cemetery that they couldn't explain. And we went out there and investigated and we found out what it was. It was a, a tombstone that had an LED light built into it. Oh, with really? a solar, with a, yeah, with a solar panel. And it would glow at night. So that's what was causing the glowing. We, we, we debunked that, you know. Mm -hmm. But wow. yeah, they do have tombstones that glow. I wonder if maybe a tombstone like that, if, if the family member who was buried there was maybe afraid of the dark. Then that would be kind of a neat thing to do for that family member so that they weren't spending an eternity in the dark. 
Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. My late husband's mother um, was buried in a mausoleum because she was afraid of bugs. And she didn't oh. want to be put in the ground with the bugs. <laughs> and so oh. they, her family buried, she died very young. Um, she was in her 20s when she died, but she was afraid of bugs. And so they buried her in the mausoleum kind of like way up high. So she was nowhere near the bugs. Nowhere near bugs. So I her. think about, you know, that was, I guess her story mm -hmm. is what made me think about maybe that's why the LEDs in the, the lights in the tombstones, yeah. it, maybe they were afraid of the dark. And that was maybe. what the family did. That What an interesting thing. I've never seen a tombstone with lights in it before. Yeah, yeah neither, neither did we. That's pretty and fascinating. And, and the, the, the story behind it was about five minutes before we noticed it, a pickup truck pulled up in the parking lot and it pulled off. And then the, so the cemetery was kind of hilly and we're walking around and in a, it was in the corner of the cemetery and we started seeing like these red and blue lights. And we thought maybe whoever was in a pickup truck thought we were doing drug deals or something back there. <laughs> and he might have had us like in laser scopes with their rifles or whatever that were going to shoot us and, and rob Ooh. us or whatever. And we really panicked, it, you know, and that's when we discovered it was coming from the tombstone. But it was just kind of like this perfect storm where we're like, oh, no, you know, somebody's got their you know rifle sights on, laser sights on us. Oh and so we kind of snuck out of there and found out it was the actual tombstone that was glowing. That's crazy. I mean, wow, what a moment they're thinking that this could be it. I'm going to die in, on an investigation in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, because they, they pulled I up. Know, and I'm getting a little, a little worried out here, too, how dark yeah. it is. Because they pulled up, and I'm sure they saw our cars. They probably wonder what yeah. these people are doing back there. They must be doing drugs or something. And oh, then yeah. we see these lights, and we're like, oh, no, they're going to try to rob us, or we don't know what's going on. Look, you know, they got us in their, their laser sights or whatever. And wow. we kind of, like I said, we got out of there, and then we kind of noticed in the, in the corner cemetery where it was coming from was this tombstone that was glowing. So evidently it was, it was a tombstone. But an experience like that can make you realize how dangerous – being in a cemetery at night, it, it can be, you know, pretty, pretty dangerous. Yeah, Good thing you got your kids. <laughs> you got your kids with you, Laura. I, I, I feel like, and you're on, you're on live in front of a lot of people. So <laughs> surely they won't do anything right. to you. That's right. And we you're at least passion. with an audience. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do probably, I'm going to sign off pretty soon because yeah. there's not much else to see and cars do keep going by, but I at least wanted to, yeah, get out here on the night and see if there was any truth. So, yes, let's see. Hang on, let me put put the tombstone back up there one last time before you guys sign out. There we go. Anna and her fabulous camera work. Thank you so much, kiddo. And Ashton and his lighting. And Ashton and his lighting. <laughs> <laughs> the thumbs up. They're on their way. This is their first their first movie, right? There you go. Your first movie. There it is. Well, Laura and crew, I'm going to let you guys get safely back um, to your car. So, you know, make sure you have if those you lights going. don't hear from me tomorrow, you'll know. <laughs> well, you know at least where to look, right? <laughs> yeah, Anderson's Cemetery to get Lawrence Road into Gator. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for, for doing that and for taking us out there, um, you know, Maybe they, they glow a little later, but at least we know the story and what an interesting story that is. And how cool to see that people are leaving are leaving Thanks tokens on the tomb, too. So at I least have, they're not forgotten. I may move my leaf up beside. There the you coins. go. 
and everything else. And now I've left my thing. And you know what? I'm kind of glad there's nothing here because maybe that means they're resting in peace. And maybe so. Certainly, certainly deserve that. They do. To them. They absolutely deserve to rest in peace. And they've got their little frog buddy keeping them company and their they're lady frogs. Yep. <laughs> Who doesn't want a frog to keep him company? Who doesn't want a frog, buddy? He was tiny. He was cute. And he can stay with Ladybug. Well, you guys are fabulous, Kemp family. So thank you so much for that. And guys, um, stick around a little bit longer for Dead Folk Field. Uh, David and I are going to be back with our second part here. In just a few minutes, we're going to pop back on. And we're going to talk ghost hunts with David from Ooh. New Orleans. Ghost hunters. Have fun. All right, so we will see you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time in just a few minutes, actually. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Dead Folks Tales is a copywritten podcast of authors on the air, Global Radio Network. Special thanks to producer Roman Surratton and executive producer Pam Stack. Join us next week for another episode of Dead Folks Tales. Thank you.